like spoiled, rotten children who, who got what they want and still can't take yes for an answer. But they own all of this now. And if anyone needs more proof than that, look no further than the sponsor of this resolution, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a MAGA extremist who amplifies Holocaust deniers, who said 9-11 was a hoax, who says wildfires are started by Jewish space lasers. That's the legislative and intellectual force behind this impeachment resolution. In fact, if it passes, she's going to be an impeachment manager on the floor of the United States Senate. God help us. It's just more proof that this is fraudulent, unconstitutional garbage. But Donald Trump wants another fraudulent impeachment, another distraction from his own legal troubles, another excuse to kill a bipartisan border deal instead of working across the aisle to get something done. So here we are. Here we are, because Trump calls the shots around here. He directed Speaker Johnson and extreme MAGA Republicans not to work with Democrats to address challenges at the border. And, get, and you know, one thing we know, Republicans work for Trump, not for you, the voters. They worship and they work for Donald Trump, who doesn't care about anybody but himself. They are frightened to death of the former president. Secretary Mayorkas, Mr. Speaker, is a good man, a decent man, someone who is trying to do his job, despite the fact that Republicans refuse to give him the tools needed to do what they are asking him to do. He's an honorable public servant who respects law enforcement and takes seriously his oath of office and his obligation to uphold and enforce the law. And in smearing his good name, Republicans are only impeaching themselves and showing what all their rhetoric about the border has been nothing more than a bunch of BS. And with that, Mr. Speaker, I reserve my time. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Tuesday, 6, of February, uh, 6 January, or excuse me, February, in the year of Lord 2024. Historic day for the first time, I think since 1876. We're about to have an impeachment vote on a sitting cabinet member. The, former, the last one was Secretary Belknap, uh, the Secretary of War, back, uh, what, over 150 years ago. We now have the MAGA extremists, the intellectual and legislative force behind this impeachment. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, joins us. Why is a congressman, why is he so worked up? You really took some beating today. In fact, the Democrats, instead of a defense of Mayorkas, they really, in this debate that took place this afternoon, really went after you harder than defending Mayorkas. Why was that, ma'am? 
That's right, Steve. I've been the Democrat punching bag. Uh, well, it's kind of been that way since I became a member of Congress, but especially through our debates in impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas, they would rather defend the man that has caused our country to be invaded by over 10 million illegal aliens with nearly 2 million gotaways. Among them, we don't know how many are terrorists that could actually carry out a terrorist attack here in the interior of our United States. Murder of Americans every single day, rape, crime statistics like you've never seen before. 300 Americans murdered every single day by fentanyl trafficked across the country. They would rather defend the man that has caused that to happen to the American people than, than um, actually agree with me. Um, they defend him and attack me all day long and attack President Trump. Uh, you're hearing it, you're seeing it. Uh, it's, it's in every single one of their speeches and it's outrageous. But the American people are seeing it as well, Steve. They know the facts, they know the numbers, and that's why this is the number one issue across America. This is why Democrats are losing poll after poll. This is why Trump is beating Biden poll after poll. And this is why President Trump will be back in the White House again after we get through this election. Uh, here's the uh, here's the question. Did you schedule this? I mean, the timing is exquisite. They just dropped this uh, border bill after five months or four and a half months of secret negotiations. When you read the text, as you had warned us, they make Mayorkas in the bill the emperor. And yeah. so 12 hours later, 24 hours later, you're impeaching the emperor. How did that timing work out? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't control the timing there, Steve. I just forced impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas and started that process back in November when I brought my impeachment uh, into a privilege resolution on the House floor, forcing the House to make this vote. Thankfully, Chairman Mark Green of the Homeland Committee took up my articles of impeachment after they were moved into Homeland Security Committee, and we actually moved them through. And it's because on Homeland, we know the stories. We've had witness after witness, parent after parent, grieving over losing a child, grieving over another family member. We've had Border Patrol agents come and tell us how horribly they've been treated. We've had ranchers, property owners along the border come and tell us about the daily invasion and how they're not safe on their own land in their own homes. And we've had Secretary Mayorkas himself come and lie to our faces and lie to Congress as he claims the border is safe and the border is secure. But yet we have the proof that he has broken federal immigration law over and over and over with the mass parole of illegal aliens by the millions in the United States. The timing is perfect, Steve, and you called it exactly correctly. That Senate border surrender bill would make Mayorkas the emperor. It would give him the full power of a legalized invasion. And that's why we have to impeach Secretary Mayorkas and totally put a stake in the heart of the Senate border bill that is nothing but a surrender and that we can never allow to happen. And that's why it's dead on arrival in the House. Just so people understand this, when they go to the floor for the, this historic vote that has not happened since 1876, what are actually the two elements that you're bringing up? You're, you're, I want to give you a chance for a couple of minutes. Just explain what you are impeaching Mayorkas about. We are impeaching him for violating his oath of office. All of us swear an oath of office to uphold the laws of the United States. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has totally broken his promise to the American people and violated his oath of office because 
through his office. He has actually broken federal immigration laws. And that's the other part of our articles of impeachment. Secretary Mayorkas has mass paroled millions of people into the interior of the United States. He's not using ICE detention facilities. He's not filling the beds in the ICE detention facilities. As a matter of fact, I'll give you an example. There's one facility in California that has 2,000 beds available for him to fill with these illegal aliens that are claiming uh, and awaiting amnesty. But yet he's releasing them into the United States. Only six out of 2,000 beds is actually being used right now. It has six illegal aliens, while all of these illegal aliens are being mass released. And they're filling up hotel rooms in New York City. They're filling up uh, schools here in our country where children can't even go to school. And Americans are being forced to pay for it. He's broken law after law after law. We have six pages in our articles of impeachment detailing every every single law that Secretary Mayorkas has broken. And this is why I am urging every single one of my colleagues to vote yes to impeach Mayorkas. It's the most important thing we can do right now in the House of Representatives. Okay, because of retirements and other things, you've got a very small majority right now. You're on a knife's edge. As you see this vote coming forward, are are you going to win this? You've worked for this this for two years. You've been the driving force in making this happen. You're now 20 minutes away from having this historic vote. Has not happened since 1876. Do you believe you can win this? You're right, Steve. We have an extremely slim majority, and we have been appealing to our colleagues. Currently right now, Ken Buck from Colorado, who is retiring and not seeking re-election, has come out publicly and said he is a no vote. He says he will not vote for the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. The thing about Ken Buck is he could do the right thing and he could take a walk. He doesn't even have to vote. He can wash his hands of it and say he refuses to participate instead of actually joining and holding hands with the Democrats and voting no. That's absolutely the wrong thing for him to do. It's the wrong thing for him to do to the country. Another member of the House who's come out and said that he may be a no vote is Tom McClintock. Tom McClintock from California has a red Republican district, and the state of California has had the invasion, perhaps maybe the worst of all 50 of our states. Here's the issue with Tom McClintock. He is claiming the Constitution and calling himself a constitutionalist when it comes to the vote on impeachment. I would urge Tom McClintock, if he cares about the Constitution, use the power that the founders gave us, which is a tool, it's impeachment. Impeachment is firing and removal of a secretary cabinet, of a vice president or a president, office holder, when these people are violating their oath of office or actually breaking federal law. We know that Secretary Maricus has broken federal law. We know that he has violated his oath of office. And anyone that calls himself a constitutionalist should actually use the power of impeachment that the people, the American people, are urging them to do and actually vote yes to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. And again, this is a simple thing. If they do not want to be involved in this, they can take a walk. They don't have to vote. They don't have to vote no. They can just vote present. That is something that members of Congress can actually do. We can only lose two votes, Steve. We can't lose more than that. And I'll I'll just pray for God's mercy on any Republican that becomes a third no vote. Do you, um, 
Do you believe that your impeachment hearings and putting this front and center about Mayorkas's not in, in not uh, implementing the laws that are on the books had a big impact in the complete crater in the Senate? We now know that the Republicans are not going to vote tomorrow to move it forward. Do you believe this helped take down the uh, the invasion authorization bill? I do. I believe it was a part of the major momentum that has caused the Senate border surrender bill to come to a crashing halt. I would also say it was members like myself that were strong no's coming out in the very beginning. I even threatened Speaker Johnson that I would vacate the chair if he brought this bill to the floor. I made that threat weeks ago because I was so serious about it and had heard how horrific that Senate border bill would be. But I'm thrilled with Speaker Johnson today, and I'm, I'm thrilled with our entire leadership here in the, House, in the House because they stood so strong together and said that this, this bill was absolutely dead on arrival in the House. And I'm really grateful for that. That's the kind of Republican conference I want to be in. We passed H.R. 2, Steve, the strongest border security bill, filled with all of President Trump's strong border security policies that we know worked in the Trump administration. And we even added more to them. If Democrats, if any Republican senator cares about border security like they claim they suddenly care now, they would pick up H.R. 2, they would pass it immediately, and Joe Biden would sign it into law. That's what should be happening right now, but they don't want to have anything to do with H.R. 2. They're trying to wash their hands of it. They're defending Secretary Mayorkas, who is violating his oath, breaking federal immigration law, and they are standing with these so-called policies of murder and mayhem in America because of a full-on border invasion. Congressman, we know you got to bounce. What's the social media? Where should people go on your website to follow this historic event today? Well, people can follow on any of my social media at Rep MTG or at, at MT Green E with two E's on the end. We'll keep everyone posted, but I think you'll see it best right here on War Room because I know, Steve, you'll be showing everyone what's happening. Congressman Green, thank you for joining us. Good luck today. Go with uh, go with God. Godspeed. Thank you. She asked for God's mercy on any Republican that didn't vote for that. There will be quite a firestorm. A, a lot of work has gone into this. The historic impeachment of Secretary of uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, that was in charge of the border, made this uh, made the Senate bill a complete laughing stock because the bill made him the emperor. And, of course, he hadn't uh, really implemented or executed the laws in the books. Short commercial break. Historic day in the nation's capital and here in the war room. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024, will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now, you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit 
on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. Version of this is novel. Uh, the court seems to have agreed with you. Yes, I think you misspoke the D.C. Circuit, but yes. I'm sorry, yes, um, thank absolutely. you. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually borrow a page from my colleague, uh, former Senator Claire McCaskill, um, because I think we all understood that this decision was going to come out this way. Um, the, the, as you said, Ali, the argument was so outlandish that we knew that this would be a decision um, against Donald Trump. But I do think that this is a place where the legal ruling is so sweeping and so resounding and unanimous um, and clear in its upholding um, what it means to be a country governed by the rule of law that there really, I think, is an important political aspect to how this um, should be used because you have somebody who is running for the presidency as to whom a unanimous court of judges made up of, of, of people appointed by, by both Republicans and Democrats, where the court said the following, at bottom, former President Trump's stance would collapse our system of separated powers by placing the president beyond the reach of all three branches. He would be beyond the reach of Congress. Um, he would be on the reach of the executive branch and the judiciary. So um, to there, I think that the message to the American public is, yes, he is not immune from criminal prosecution. But are you really going to say that this is somebody who you want to see in the White House again, um, who is taking this position where the judiciary has made it absolutely clear that his position has no place in our constitutional democracy, no place at all. Um, this is really a resounding victory, um, not just for the prosecution team, not just for Judge Chutkin, uh, the trial judge, but I think for all Americans of whatever political persuasions in terms of what it means to be a citizen in this country. Okay, we're going to have the two uh, two of the smartest guys about this. Mike Davis is going to join us in the next hour. We've got Boris by phone now. Boris uh, Epstein, uh, walk me through this. Walk me through what basically what happened today. The audience has been following this in the 14th. This is the immunity case. This is the one that they are trying to fast track because they understand by the polling, President Trump wins in a landslide. So this is really the tip of the spear of the lawfare. This is the Jack Smith January 6th trial. What, what, tell us, just explain to us exactly what happened. Steve, thanks for having me. Honor to be with you. Honor to be with the posse. What happened is exactly what was expected. It actually expected weeks ago. You had the left uh, completely freaking out, Neil Katyal, Weissman, freaking out that the decision in the D.C. District Court was taking so long from the panel, uh, and the panel made up of uh, two Biden appointees and George, one George H.W. Bush appointee, uh, ruled as as 
everyone thought they would wrongfully uh, on immunity. And, and if this ruling is allowed to stand, we're not going to have a presidency in this country because every president is going to be absolutely debilitated because they're going to be worried that their political opponents are going to wrongfully attack them and wrongfully uh, indict them, just like it has happened with President Trump. So this decision cannot stand. President Trump and his team are going to fight the decision, and uh, it was fully and absolutely expected. Uh, And now it's on to the next steps in order to make sure that the presidency is saved and America is saved. Uh, talk to us about uh, that's your favorite guy, Andrew Weissman. He's having a field day with this. You should know that MSNBC has canceled all of the programming. They haven't mentioned the impeachment of Mayorkas. They haven't mentioned the cratering of the uh, of the uh, invasion bill. They haven't mentioned McConnell on the ropes. They haven't mentioned any of this. It's all this nonstop. Is Weissman correct? Was this such a devastating, uh, in your face? Uh, ruling, uh, unanimous ruling, and particularly when they said what President Trump's arguing would lead to a collapse of our entire political system. Uh, is this going to turn into uh, to, uh, fodder for the politics and, and try to close the gap between Biden and Trump? That's a complete and total joke, because the system they're talking about, where presidents are not indicted but they're by their successors, is the system we live in, right? For 234 years of the republic, we did not have a situation where a corrupt successor and a legitimate successor in this case indicts his his or her predecessor. That's only happening under crooked Joe Biden. So all this hysteria, all the pearl clutching is absolutely misplaced. And is Andrew Weissman correct? No, he hasn't been correct in anything in his career. He's been wrong on literally everything from Enron on down. Also, you know, also was involved in other embarrassing uh, defeats in the Supreme Court, just like the special counsel Jack Smith. So. If you look at the reality here, this was the, the panel in the D.C. District Court, the lowest court in the, of appeals that's going to be looking at this issue. It was an absolutely expected decision. It was an absolutely, absolutely expected wrongful decision. And now it'll go up, uh, go up on appeal in the Supreme Court already nine to nothing once ruled that they are not going to short circuit the process for reviewing this issue. And they've already granted certiorari on the Fisher case the other January 6th case regarding obstruction and intent. So the Supreme Court is looking at this uh, strongly. They've they've approached it correctly so far in not allowing uh, Jack Smith, Crooked Joe Biden, and others to short-circuit the process, to short-circuit the Constitution, due process, et cetera. And we are confident that they will continue to do that here because, again, as President Trump has stated time and time again, if you don't have immunity, you don't have a presidency. Because without immunity, every president is going to be looking over their shoulder, and you will, you will materially destroy the United States and thus destroy the country and the, our Constitution at its very base. Uh, is this going to go? It's kind of confusing. i got Mike Davis is going to be on spend a little more time with us in the next hour to go through it. But I'm confused about can, did they limit the ability to you guys to go on banc to go to the entire uh, panel of the of the appellate court or or, or do you have to go directly to the Supreme? Are they forcing you to go directly to the Supreme Court because they want to quick march this? They are trying to quick march it, no doubt about it, as was expected. But they, what they are stating is that we have to go to the to the Supreme Court in the next six days for a stay of the mandate, meaning for the mandate not to return down to uh, to Judge Chuckin down in the D.C. District Court. So that, that's absolutely um, expected. We knew, we knew that they were going to try to do that. And it's just another gambit, just like the one that Jack Smith attempted, where he was defeated 
nine to nothing, uh, you know, about a, about a month and a half ago. So we are confident that the right process is going to be followed, the fair process is going to be followed. So we'll go to the Supreme Court, uh, and then from there, seek to go uh, go on bonk first, and then, if need be, go back up to the Supreme Court on the actual substance of the issue. And again, the issue is the very survival of the presidency and of the republic. Uh, last thing, Boris, I know it's a historic week for the president and you, the, what the legal team's going through. Did you ever think when you were at Georgetown Law School in one week you would have a D.C. appellate court talking about uh, immunity that you're overseeing and then at the same time, a couple of days later, uh, actually have a historic uh, hearing and argument about the 14th Amendment, but actually taking someone off a ballot so that people can't have the opportunity to vote for him? Steve, unfortunately, all I can tell you is that I in some ways did foresee it because this is what my family ran away from in the former Soviet Union, a complete breakdown of all guardrails, a, a breakdown of all systems, a breakdown of, a, of, a, of, lawless, of lawfulness, a breakdown of systems of justice. Right now, we do not have a fair system of justice in this country. You saw in this opinion they're trying to talk about just this only applies to President Trump because they are obsessed at, about, on, on doing anything they can to prevent President Trump from running and winning office, which is exactly what he's going to do. He's going to continue to run, he's going to win, and he's going to be back in the Oval Office on Jan 20, 2025, to save our country and to make America great again, which is not a slogan, it is an action item. So what, what is happening right now is reminiscent of, obviously, the Soviet Union, Germany, uh, Venezuela now, which crooked Joe Biden is fighting for ballot rights for opponents in Venezuela, but while opposing ballot rights here, complete hypocrisy from somebody who has been a lifelong hypocrite in Joe Biden, his crime family. What President Trump is doing is fighting for our Constitution, fighting for the presidency, fighting for America. It's a righteous fight, a one that he will absolutely win. Uh, Boris, make sure when we talk to the president a little bit later, I know he hasn't had the opportunity to follow it all day, and I know you haven't. You've been too busy, but we've been monitoring CNN and MSNBC. I can tell you I've never seen MSNBC in, in such a in such a, uh, a fury, such a tizzy. They're all over. This is all they're covering right now, the immunity case, because of the, the ruling. So they, the Trump derangement sis, uh, syndrome is up in high dungeon there right now because they understand the only way they're going to beat President Trump is through lawfare. Boris, what is your, uh, what's your social media? See, they're transparent, they're pathetic, and they're evil. And they're not even hiding it anymore, right? They're saying they're saying the quiet part out loud that they cannot beat President Trump, they cannot beat MAGA, cannot beat the war on policy. They're trying to use lawfare to do it, and they will fail. My information, the website is hotboriscp.com. Set up right now, boriscp.com. Hot on Getter at boriscp. Twitter at boriscp. Hot on Twitter, social at Boris and the hottest on the ground. Boris on the scrap side. Stay strong. God bless, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Boris, thank you so much. Um, there were decades in which nothing happened. In weeks in which decades happen, uh, we're in one of that. I mean, there's ten stories that would be that would take up all your time. There are twenty stories. It's just unbelievable. So two big things: the immunity uh, appellate decision came down. They're immediately going to work. We're going to have Mike Davis on later to go through in more details on that. Um, also, this historic impeachment vote. We're trying to get the exact time. I think it's supposed to start at five thirty. We'll make sure we're on top of it. Um, you talk about turbulence. Just heard it right there. And you're seeing it break down everywhere. you got to read these uh, opinions from the ju justices. It's absolutely outrageous. In times of turbulence, I would love to tell you turbulence is going to get less so. It's not going to happen. It's going to get more turbulent. 
We are heading into a fourth turning like you've never seen before, like America's never seen before. What do you need to do about it? Well, first off, personally and uh, as your family, you need to batten down the hatches. One way you do that is find out about precious metals, gold and silver. Where do you do that? Birch Gold. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go check it out today. Talk to Philip Patrick and the team. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Find out why gold has been a hedge against times of turbulence for only 5,000 years of mankind's history. Back in the war room on a historic day in a moment. Question, who protects the troops who protect us? Well, we will. Imagine you're serving halfway around the world and you learn the title to your home, that legal document that proves it's actually yours has been forged and it's not in your name anymore. But we can't let that happen and we won't let it happen. Home title theft is a clear and present danger for all homeowners. And that's why I trust Home Title Lock. And now Home Title Lock is protecting those who protect us and giving back. For every subscription you purchase from Home Title Lock, they'll donate one year of free service to a military family in your name. Our troops deserve the peace of mind in knowing that while they protect us, Home Title Lock protects their most valuable asset. We all need to protect the title to our homes. I'll share updates, but for now, please join me. Protect your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon and use promo code Bannon. And when you do, they'll protect the home of a service member in your name. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. Do this for the troops. Do it today. Use your agency. Someone from Illinois is recognized. Mr. Speaker, Israel is fighting an existential war against Hamas, a death cult dedicated to the genocide of Jews and the annihilation of the Jewish state, while also being attacked by Hezbollah, the IRGC and Iranian proxies, and Houthis. There is no question that the United States must support our ally Israel. But to my colleagues, I say it is folly to think that what is happening now in the Middle East is not connected to what is happening concurrently in Ukraine. If Ukraine falls, the aid we're providing Israel in this bill is only going to be a small down payment to what will be needed when Israel faces a strengthened Hezbollah backed by an emboldened Iran encouraged by a newly empowered Russia. And the United States will likely need to spend billions of additional dollars stationing more U.S. troops alongside our NATO allies in Europe. We are selling ourselves and our allies short by not taking the responsibility of leadership this country should be taking. And if we don't continue, it's going to cost our kids and our kids' future. It is shameful that the Republicans and Speaker Johnson are using our most important ally, Israel, as a political cudgel. It threatens not only Israel's security, but America's security and our children's future. I yield back. Gentlelady from Connecticut Reserves, gentleman from California is recognized. I please now to recognize the debate over the, the Israel funding. We're going to go back to the floor of the House. Chairman, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'd remind my colleague that, in fact, I agree with him for one time. These events are connected, and the connection is the incredibly strategic uh, amount of strategic weakness the Biden administration has shown. That's why Putin invaded Ukraine, and that's why uh, Hamas has gone crazy in Israel. Immediately following the attacks of October 7th, I went to Israel and I witnessed what Hamas did to the Jewish people. And as a retired Navy SEAL combat medic, it put me on my heels. 
And I will remind my colleagues on the other side of the aisle that there was a ceasefire on October 6th, that there was a, a de facto two-party, two-state solution on October 6th, and that was broken by Hamas. And unlike the vast majority of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, I spent my entire adult life either training for, training others for, or at war myself. So there is a difference between the conflict in Ukraine and what's taking place in Israel right now. Vladimir Putin is a war criminal and he is after territorial gains. Hamas is a group of savages that are after the utter destruction of the Jews as a people. They want to eradicate them. And there are members of the other party who have been censured, member of the other party that has been censured on this floor for grossly anti-Semitic remarks. And that's what's taking place. Do not be fooled by this political rhetoric. I stand with the Jewish people now. I will stand with them from the beginning to the end, so the river to the sea never takes place. And with that, Mr. Speaker, I yield back my time. Gentleman from California reserves. Gentlelady from Connecticut is recognized. Mr. Speaker, I yield one minute to the gentleman from California, Mr. Connor. Gentleman is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I will vote no today on the 17 billion aid package, which provides a blank check to Netanyahu, Ben Gavir, and the extreme right-wing government in Israel. How dare Ben Gavir, Israel's national security minister, have the goal to criticize America while calling for the mass expulsion of Palestinians? I will vote no because this bill includes zero humanitarian aid while children are dying and 400,000 Gazans face famine. I will vote no because this bill undermines human rights and international law, ignoring the recent ICJ decision calling on Israel to do more to protect Palestinian civilians. I will vote no because it is painfully obvious to the entire world that what is needed today is a permanent ceasefire and a release of all hostages. There come moments in a nation's history when our actions reveal our values. This is such a moment. We must stand for stopping the bombing, for ending this brutal war, and for justice in the Middle East with a Palestinian state with equal rights living side by side with Israel. Gentleman from Connecticut Reserves, gentleman from California is recognized. Mr. Speaker, I reserve the balance of my time. Gentleman reserves. from Connecticut is recognized. Sorry. I yield one minute to the gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. Gentlelady is recognized. I thank the chair. Mr. Speaker, more than 1,200 Israelis were killed on October 7th, and 136 remain hostage. In response, 27,478 Palestinians have been killed, 70% of whom are women and children. And most Gazans today cannot reach a fully functioning hospital. This is not war. This is slaughter. And yet, after all this destruction and devastation, the Netanyahu government is still nowhere close to their stated objective of destroying Hamas. Moreover, the United States has our own requirements outlawing the transfer of weapons to forces engaged in gross human rights violations. We have a responsibility to honor those laws, to facilitate a bilateral ceasefire, to move to end this campaign of mass casualty and loss of life that risks bringing the entire region closer to a wider, deadlier conflict. 
This bill contains $17 billion on top of the billions we already transfer every year with no conditions and no humanitarian aid for the most vulnerable. Everyday Americans should not tolerate this squandering of our resources without oversight on such an inhumane and ineffective operation, especially when we are living paycheck to paycheck and, and they cannot see their Congress address their most basic material concerns. I yield back. Gentlelady from Connecticut reserves. Gentleman from California is recognized. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I reserve the balance of my time. Gentleman reserves. Gentlelady from Connecticut is recognized. Mr. Speaker, I yield one minute to the gentlewoman from Michigan, Ms. Tlaib. Gentlelady is recognized. Here we go again. Sending $17.6 billion U.S. tax dollars with no conditions attached to Netanyahu's extremist government to drop more bombs on innocent Palestinians. The Israeli government has already killed 27,000 people. 11,500 of them were children. I'm tired of my colleagues coming to me whispering, I don't really like Netanyahu. Well, then why are we sending him billions of dollars with no conditions? He literally is telling us over and over again what his intention is. I'm tired of my colleagues coming and whispering to me, Rashida, I support two-state solution. Great. Then send money that conditions for a two-state solution because Netanyahu has over and over again told us he never wants to see a Palestinian state. So I'm tired. I oppose Netanyahu's war crimes and want him gone too. But many of my colleagues that continue to tell me that do not want to condition the aid. They give it to a genocidal maniac. My message to those co my colleagues is simple. If you don't support Netanyahu, if you're disgusted by the countless videos of lifeless children pulled out of the rubble, if you actually believe in upholding human rights and international law, vote no on a blank check to Netanyahu's genocide. Gentlelady's time's expired. Thank you. Gentlelady from Connecticut, reserves. Gentleman from California is recognized. I would say the folks that believe in genocide is Hamas. I yield to the gentleman from Florida, the chairman of the State and Foreign Operations Subcommittee, Mr. Diaz-Ballard, two and a half minutes. Gentleman is recognized. Mr. Speaker, thank you. Let me first thank uh, the gentleman uh, from California, Chairman Calvert, for his leadership in drafting this critical bill along with the chairwoman, Kay Granger, and the leadership for bringing this forward. As uh, Mr. Calvert just said, yes, there has been genocide, but the genocide has been from Hamas, from Hamas. And if the world needed yet another reminder of the importance of, of Israel as a safe haven for the Jewish people, then the, the attacks uh, of October 7th should be that wake-up call. This is not that complicated. I've been disgusted and shocked by some of the things that we've been hearing, including the sheer glee and displayed in celebrations across, even in this country, um, because of the, the murders of October. And remember, those grotesque celebrations and demonstrations happened before Israel even began its military action to defend Israelis, uh, again in Gaza. So let's be clear. Those demonstrations, those statements, those celebrations were, were and are in favor of the terrorist group Hamas. The despicable anti-Semitism, which has been dramatically increased since October 7th, that we've even seen here sometimes on this floor, has to be con uh, condemned and has to stop. Israel is on the front line in the battle against terrorism. The terrorism of Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, you name it, uh, and all of those, they continue to await for an opportunity to strike at Israel, as they have, just like they want to strike here to the, uh, the American people in the United States. 
Israel and the United States do not want violence. But the problem is that the terrorists do, and they are the ones who have killed and butchered and maimed innocent Israelis. Again, last November, the House passed another Israel security supplemental, which was fully offset by a rescission, a rescission of the IRS funding. And that was the reason why the White House claimed that they opposed that bill. Well, now there are zero excuses to oppose this bill. This bill does one thing, Mr. Speaker. It provides urgently needed funding for our friend and ally Israel to defeat the terrorists that they are dealing with. The United States must stand with Israel and to eradicate terrorism. This is not that complicated. You can use every excuse in the world to, and, then, and again, with the purpose of supporting Hamas and justifying the murders. This bill stands with Israel. No ifs, no ants, no buts. I'm grateful for Chair, to Chairman Calvert for bringing this important piece of legislation, and I wholeheartedly support it. I yield back. Gentleman from California Reserves, Lady from Connecticut is recognized. Mr. Speaker, I yield one minute to the gentlewoman from California, the distinguished ranking member of the State and Foreign Operations Subcommittee, Ms. Lee. Gentlelady is recognized. Thank you very much. I want to thank the gentlelady for yielding and for her um, strong, strong leadership. Mr. Speaker, I rise to oppose H.R. 7217. The United States and the world are facing a very dangerous time, with the risk of being pulled deeper and deeper into conflicts across the globe. Meanwhile, millions of people around the world are facing violence, dislocation, and hunger. This bill really is not a serious effort. As the ranking member of the State and Foreign Operations Subcommittee, I cannot support a bill that fails to meet the challenges of this moment and abandons those most in need of humanitarian assistance. And yes, this bill undermines the United States policy which supports a two-state solution. This bill is a blatant political stunt that is dead on arrival in the Senate. And so I urge my colleagues to oppose it. Thank you, and I yield the balance of my time. Gentlelady from Connecticut Reserves. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gentleman from California is recognized. May I uh, inquire how much time is left? Both sides. Gentleman from California has 30 seconds. Gentlelady from California, Connecticut has two minutes. Uh, Mr. Speaker, who has the right to close? Reserve the right to close. Gentlelady from Connecticut. Yes, reserve. I'm, prepared, I'm prepared to close. Gentleman from California reserves. Gentlelady from Connecticut is recognized. A short while ago, my colleague from Arkansas said it is our solemn duty to protect our allies. Indeed, it is our solemn duty to protect our allies. Our allies in this case are Israel, yes, and we support Israel. Our ally is Ukraine, and we need to continue to support Ukraine. Our ally is Taiwan, and we need to support Taiwan. We have a solemn duty, yes, to provide humanitarian assistance to innocent civilians. We have a solemn duty to protect our border. These are not the issues that are part of this bill. This bill does not meet those solemn obligations. My Republican colleagues do not want to help Ukraine or the Indo-Pacific in Taiwan. They do not want to address border security. It is a 
they talked about border security as being the key to opening up the door to foreign assistance. They said it in the White House. The Speaker did that and now has walked away from it. It is really a political sham. They, are, they do not want to um, promote humanitarian assistance and leave millions of innocent civilians without food, shelter, clothing. In a conversation with the director of the World Food Organization, uh, 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 Cynthia McCain, she said, and I asked about Gaza, she said to me, Rosa, these people are starving. It is a famine. And I believe that it is as well in this process of providing assistance to just Israel and not our other allies. They do hurt Israel and isolate Israel. It is time for my colleagues to be able to, on the other side of the aisle, to put our country and our national security ahead of partisan politics. What we should do is to vote this bill down. I yield back. Gentlelady from Connecticut yields. Gentleman from California is recognized. Gentlelady yields the balance of her time. Yes, sir. I'll close. Uh, the general lady is correct. Uh, this bill is not about Ukraine or Indopaycom or some other things that, uh, that I would love to have some discussions about in the future. This is about Israel. And I think my friends on the other side of the aisle know I'm not a cynical person. I, uh, I went about this. I've been in favor of moving an Israel bill for some time. And now is the time. Uh, I, uh, I think it's just simply the right thing to do. And with that, let's pass this bill, let's support Israel, and I yield back the balance of my time. The question is, will the House suspend the rules and pass the bill, H.R. 7217? Those in favor say aye. Those opposed, no. In the opinion of the chair, two-thirds being in the affirmative, the rules are suspended, the bill is passed. And without objection, the motion to reconsider is... Mr. Speaker, purposes of the gentlelady from Connecticut, I ask for the yeas and nays. The yeas and nays are requested. Those favoring a vote by the yeas and nays will rise. A, significant, a sufficient number having risen, the yeas and nays are ordered. Pursuant to Clause 8 of Rule 20, further proceedings on this question are postponed. Proceedings will resume on questions previously postponed. Votes will I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. Um, so we're going to have a series of votes. We'll go back to that. But, but a couple historic things are happening right now. Number one, uh, this... Uh, 
and I believe I'm correct on this, the Israeli bail is gone without going through uh, the aid to Israel, $17.6 billion, did not go through the Rules Committee. So I think they're doing another, of which obviously Johnson promised not to do, uh, suspension of the rules. That needs two-thirds of majority. In that, you're going to need a significant number of Democrats, and you saw a lot of Democrats there at the end are against this bill for a host of reasons. Principally, it looks like, um, you know, the— um, pro-Palestinian group, the, uh, they want the two-state solution, they hate Bibi Netanyahu. You heard Caroline Glick today go through a, a whole laundry list and litany of the Democratic Party, uh, of, what they, uh, of what they believe particularly. So they're very split, and I think it's a two-thirds, one-third split on the Democratic Party. So on the Republican side, what Andy Biggs and the Freedom Caucus, those people like ourselves that support Israel are kind of outraged this thing would be jammed through so quickly that you wouldn't do offsets. This bill, and of course, you say, well, that was done before and it got rejected by the Senate, couldn't go anywhere. It has to have offsets. We cannot go into another, you know, additional $17 billion in debt when there's plenty of pockets out there that you could take from. Plenty of pockets out there that you could take from. Uh, principally in number one pocket uh, that you could take from is the United Nations. The United Nations, I think it rounds up to about 14 or $15 billion. You got USAID. You also have all the money that we're giving, uh, that we're giving the Palestinians and others like the Houthis that are opposed to us and actually in, in combat with us right now. Don't even discuss what, what uh, um, uh, you know, the $6 billion that was given, uh, you know, Cash Patel talked about today, the $6 billion that we, un, you know, we unlocked so the, the Persians could get their hands on this. I believe that APAC and other kind of Jewish lobbying firms, uh, people that represent Jewish interest on the Hill, I heard try to pull this bill back because of its lack of support. I don't remember any bill that would be uh, supporting our alliance with Israel and our, uh, our allies in Israel has ever been defeated. I think that this would be pretty historical if this happened tonight. But already you can see there's a firestorm up there and not just Democrats that oppose any aid, further aid to Israel. Caroline Glick said the Biden administration is doing everything in its power to make sure Israel cannot win. But there's also now a group of Republicans that are saying if we and to continue to support Israel, which we want, you need to do offsets. We cannot go further into debt. You can't bankrupt America to save Israel. That has just been dismissed by Speaker Johnson. And now you have the situation you're in. So we're going to see that's going to be a historic vote tonight. In addition, you have the other vote, and that is the impeachment of, of Mayorkas. And this is coming at exactly the same time. Do we have the Ted Cruz? Mm -hmm. so how long is that? Let's go, and, let's go and play the Ted Cruz is now saying McConnell's got to step down because the impeachment vote of Mayorkas ties directly to the collapse of, uh, of, the, uh, of the invasion bill that you just seen. Let's go and play this Ted Cruz a little while ago. Is it time for Mitch McConnell to go? I think it is. Look, everyone here also supported a leadership challenge to Mitch McConnell in November. Uh, I think a Republican leader should actually lead this conference and should advance the priorities of Republicans. I can tell you what I said when we had that leadership election in November of 2022. It was right after a very disappointing election. 2022, the wind was at our back. It should have been a phenomenal Republican election year. Republicans should have won the Senate. We should have won a big majority in the House. Instead, we lost a seat in the Senate and we barely got a majority in the House. 
And, and I stood up and said, look, in any ordinary organization, when you fa are faced with failure, if you're running a business and you lose $50 million, you don't just say, hey, everything's great, let's keep doing it. No, you sit down and say, what are we doing wrong? And at that meeting, I turned to Mitch McConnell then and I said, look, we spent the last two years with a group, a handful of Republicans joining with Democrats to pass the Democrat agenda. And I said, maybe that's a good idea. I, I don't think it is, but someone could make the argument that's a good idea. I'll tell you, it's one-sided. You know who doesn't do that? The Democrats. In 2017 and 2018, when we had a Republican president, Republican Senate, Republican House, not one single time did a group of Democrats join with the Republicans to pass the Republican agenda. So we're the only ones who do it. But I turned to Mitch then and I said, is there anything? What are we willing to fight on? What are you willing to fight on? Is there anything you're willing to draw a line in the sand and say, we will fight? And he refused to answer that question now. And that's why we're in this mess, because this was a plan that was designed to lose. This is a plan Chuck Schumer is thrilled with, with, which is why Schumer says, I got 98 problems, but Mitch isn't one of them. Okay, uh, Ted Cruz, that's a jailbreak right there. This is a historic day on Capitol Hill. We have this huge vote right now about the, the Israeli $17.6 billion arms bill. That's going to be a firestorm that may be defeated the first time ever. We're going to follow that. You've also got the impeachment. I hear the impeachment is going to take place between around 6.15 to 6.20. We have uh, also this huge decision by the appellate court. Mike Davis is carving some time out, so we're going to start with Mike Davis in the next hour, and then we'll play it from here, uh, from there. So another huge day. Uh, you see turbulence you're, you're seeing in the nation's capital. Remember, you're in the ring on this. You're not a spectator. You're actually an active participant. The collapse of the, the collapse of the, um, of uh, the invasion bill, and also, quite frankly, getting people's minds right about we can't add things to the deficit. We just can't. You can't pass a tax bill, does it? You can't arm our allies. Money has to be carved out. I will tell you one thing: it's been total crickets on Ukraine. That's one of the big developments of the last couple of days. Make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon, end of the dollar empire. I've redone the third free installment. They're all free. The third free installment, the debt trap is totally, totally and completely free. So you can get that. And we've updated the numbers. Uh, also, you can talk to the team over at Birch Gold and find out in times of turbulence. And if you watch this hour of the war room, the late afternoon, early evening edition, you see turbulence and, quite frankly, a firestorm on Capitol Hill. Uh, we're going to continue our coverage from birchgold.com slash Bannon. Make sure you go get it. Get smart. Talk to, uh, talk to Philip Patrick and the team to even get smarter. Okay, our coverage will continue for the second hour. We're going to start with Mike Davis. We've got to get down. We've got to get smart on this immunity thing. This is another huge thing. Remember, they can't beat President Trump at the polls. They have to use lawfare. Huge ruling by the D.C. appellate court prior to going to the Supreme Court. Huge votes coming up. You're all going to get it in the war room. Stick around for our second hour. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. 
The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. War Room Health, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.